If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Tough and Yeti. A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape, so I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based, hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. It's no secret Yeti has some of the best and most durable gear out there. But when it came to hydration, they previously didn't have a great backcountry solution. Well, that all changed with their new Yonder water bottle. My Yonder covered the backcountry all across the West last season while chasing mule deer, elk, caribou, and more. It's about 50% lighter than their insulated Rambler, but still has that Yeti toughness. The best part is they've now got them in four different sizes, so you can pack the bottle perfectly fit for your hunt. To top it off, there's also great options for customization. You can check them out now at Yeti.com. Welcome back to Live Wild Podcast, everyone. You know, this week I decided let's do something a little bit different. So during the Wild Sheep Foundation convention in Reno, I actually got to sit down and do a seminar with two people that I really respect, Dustin Diefenderfer of Mountain Tough Fitness Labs and Randy Newberg. Now, Dustin led the seminar, and in this roundtable-type discussion, we covered the topic of mental toughness. I think that the discussion was very insightful, and I really wanted to make it available to our podcast listeners so we're going to jump into Sheep Week and talk mindset when it comes to hunting. It's been really great to get to know both of these guys over the last year or two. And it's especially like profound to me how much that relates to mountain mindset and mental toughness from, from two pretty unique perspectives but the perspective that both Remy and Randy share in a very impactful way is they, they overcome a lot of adversity all the time to do what they do at a, at a very high level. So they both have overcome adversity to pursue the passions that they decided they want to go after. And they've done that in different ways, but the thread is the same that they didn't let like any there's no like health problem there's no financial problem there's no like really mental problem that they're gonna back down from they're gonna address that face on and find a way to plow through that and they both share share that characteristic which is really interesting because uh, at Mountain Tough a lot of times we talk to thousands of of folks every year we have about 15,000 athletes training for 
the back the back country back country hunting or the military inside of our platform but still every day we'll have conversations with people that aren't aren't really quite ready to start chasing their dreams because of some small obstacles in their way so you'll see obstacles such as like a hurt knee or hurt lower back and at times they'll let them they'll let those smaller issues stop them completely from chasing their dreams and you'll kind of see a negative snowball start to impact their lives and and Remy and Randy have done uh, a great job of doing the opposite there's things that come up they adapt they overcome and they find a solution to those so that is what I wanted to dive into today is how that looks for both of you and, and how that's look differently for both of you but Remy I wanted to start with you on you shared this story um, I know you have other stories as well but you shared the story last year through your film but I was hoping you could talk about the wrist and really how you you didn't let that slow you down and you just kind of plowed your way through that and kind of what your mindset looks like when you're making those decisions yeah, so for people that don't know, I had an injury to my right wrist. For me, bow hunting is my life, my passion. And it was one of those things, like I've shot my bow every day since I was probably 12 years old, I think. Um, and so, you know, that, that injury was in some ways like, oh, I'm not going to be able to, to shoot a bow. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, like, I, I immediately was like, that's not even an option for me. So I, I learned to shoot the bow using a mouth tab, which is biting it down on a piece on the string and then drawing it back and releasing. And I had, uh, I went through an entire season, an entire year um, over the course of like the injured wrist, a, fail, a surgery, it was a failed surgery and then a, a previous surgery uh, to try to salvage what I could out of my hand. Um, and, you know, I, I learned to shoot the mouth tab and had actually probably one of my most successful seasons on record in a way like things just fell into line like you know I, I pretty much filled every tag that I had including some over-the-counter elk hunts um, caribou hunts uh, Nevada mule deer hunt which that's probably the hardest one out of all of them um, uh, oh, I shot a, a mouflon on this state hunt in Lanai um, you know which is, can be pretty difficult as well and uh, just like a lot of difficult hunts and kept finding success, finding success. I was like, man, if I would have sat out a season, um, it would have, like, I wouldn't have even got to experience that. And then the experience of, like, you know, kind of taking that mindset of, like, it didn't even really think about it, to be honest. I know we've talked about it before, but um, they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to bow hunt. <laughs> like, it wasn't even, a, wasn't even an option. Have you had that mentality your whole life, or did that come from somewhere? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've kind of had that mentality. My dad kind of was like, if there's something you can't do, just start doing it. <laughs> and that was kind of like, uh, I think, growing up, you know, we just, it was like, if you, if you want to do something, do it. And that was, I wanted to bow hunt. I had a problem, but I didn't really think about that. I just kept bow hunting and figured it out. Do you feel like the, like the self-pity mindset that can cause some people to stop like doesn't even cross your mind so like my wrist is injured I'm not gonna even think about like oh poor me I'm not bow hunting this year does that thought not even cross your mind yeah I mean that, that thought never crossed my mind it's just like this is what happened 
that sucks. But I mean, I never even thought of it as like a secretly like, oh, that sucks. And like, I guess, I don't know. I just never slowed down to think about it really. Mm -hmm. Kind of focused on the other stuff, focused on learning to shoot the bow, focused on the hunts that I was going on, focused on those things. Um, you know, and I mean, even we're probably like three years after the injury and it, like probably this last month is the first time it didn't, I don't have consistent pain. You know what I mean? Like, okay, but I never even think about it. Like, I just put it out of my mind and I go on with the day. The only thing that uh, I maybe tried for pity for was uh, I got out of doing diapers because I'm like, oh, this can't do it. It hurts so bad. I'm like, oh, this is the only time I realized that it hurt. <laughs> That's when the pain shot. Yeah, it was up. just shot as always right around diaper changing time. But outside of that, it was pretty good. <laughs> Very manageable. <laughs> well, Randy, let's transition to your story. Yours is is different but similar. Yep. But let's start with, but you, you have a health issue that you navigate life through, and then you also have some new injuries that you're navigating through. Yeah. Uh, for my 40th birthday present. I developed a blood clotting disorder. Uh, never had any problem before that. And uh, it was tax season and I started having pain in my side. And I'm like, look, I don't have time to go to the doctor. And so after a week, it's so intense and it's getting worse and worse. And I still wasn't gonna go to the doctor, but when you pass out at home, your wife panics and you get to go to the doctor whether you wanna go or not. Uh, so I go to the Bozeman emergency room and they're like, we don't know what's wrong with you, but your blood profile is really screwed up. So they send me to Seattle and they're like, well, you have this really big blood clot in your liver. I'm like, oh, huh. I got to get back to work though. It's tax season. Uh, so they sent me to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. And unfortunately, I waited so long that I ruined all the plumbing going into my liver. If any of you are a doctor or a nurse, I don't have a portal vein anymore, which is the main vein that brings all the blood from your stomach and elsewhere into your, the bottom of your liver to be cleansed. Uh, so if your liver isn't functioning, like really quickly fails, you end up in a really bad situation. So uh, the Mayo Clinic in the summer of 2005 said, you're going home and you're laying on the couch for three months because you're that sick. Uh, and it gave me a lot of time to reflect uh, about what I wanted to do. And I still had a lot of hunting plans in my mind. I was only 40, it's like, well, I gotta get here, I gotta get there. Uh, but I really did, and any of you who've been through a, a serious health event, you probably can relate to the thoughts of, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, but if I make it, I'm never gonna waste another day in my life ever again. And uh, I made it, obviously, uh, but I deal with getting, I get about 30% of the blood flow to my liver that all of you would get. So if you saw people drinking too much last night over at the event and they woke up to go to Dustin's gig after four hours of sleep because they drank too much whiskey, that's kind of how I feel when I wake up every day just because of the toxin load that I have. And I can let that be an excuse or I can get on with life. And when I went to the mail, they're like, well, you got about a three year window here where 
you know, most people are gone after three years or you get through that window and you'll probably die of something else. So here I am, what, 17, 18 years later, I'm probably gonna die of something else. A grizzly bear will eat me or something and what a way to go. But uh, I've, I've had to every day decide, am I gonna let that be my excuse or am I gonna let that be my motivation? And fortunately, I grew up, I was below average at everything. Nothing ever came easy to me. I wasn't a great athlete, I wasn't a great student. I, I just had to work if I wanted to be better. And when you're a kid, you're frustrated because you're not, you know, you aren't blessed with being fast or you're not, you know, whatever. And it turned out to be the blessing was to have to work hard and, and earn everything I, I pretty much got. And I think that's what gets me through this. And hunting defines my life, it defines my family, my relationships, and I'm not gonna let it go. Some of you have seen footage where maybe I look all swollen and puffed up, and sometimes people will comment on YouTube, is he drunk today? Well, no, I don't drink because of that liver problem, but it's because of the, the high toxin loads and a bunch of other complications of it. But the point of that is we all have an issue. Maybe it's just age. Maybe it's just, you know, Father Time is eroding us. And I, uh, I kind of, Dustin and I have this joke, because my wife had asked me, well, how long are you going to backpack elk hunt? I said, until I'm 65. Well, I just turned 59. I'm not quitting in six years. <laughs> so I pulled that stake, and I put it out there at age 80. I don't know if I'll live to be 80. <laughs> but... Uh, once you go, I, for me anyhow, going through an event like that, it's really easy to just say, I, I don't give up. I don't have a plan B for anything I do. Because if you have a plan B, you're gonna take the easy exit. And I, I got plan A and I'm, I'm gonna figure it out. And so I, it's, it's, it's a mental thing for me. I mean, we all feel the physical pains. We might have a bad day when we don't feel that good. But that's all just in the mind. And then you also had a, a recent obstacle of the tendon <laughs> issue in your arm. <laughs> yeah, don't order pizza in Portland is the moral of this story. <laughs> I was in Portland doing a fundraiser just February, almost a year ago. Uh, the night before the event, I swung by, I got a pizza, went to my hotel room, I got food poisoning, vomiting. It's so intense, I pass out. And I go through a glass shower door, and some of you probably wonder why my wrist looks like Remy's, but I ran a piece of glass in here and it came out there, and I tore, severed these two tendons and this tendon and all the muscle. So, yeah, I was, I was thinking of calling Remy, hey, that mouth tab thing, how does that work? Uh, but it really messed me up because I was in therapy, physical therapy, uh, wasn't allowed to hike or anything because they were afraid if I fell, I could damage what they'd repaired in surgery. Uh, so I went into hunting season as fat and out of shape as I ever have, and it sucked. <laughs> and I remember driving home from the Yukon thinking, you know, this wasn't that brutal of a hunt. Why did I feel so rotten? Well, because I hadn't been in shape. So Dustin and those guys are across the road from our office, and I'm like, 
hey, <laughs> you got any room for a 59-year-old CPA who drives a desk for a living? And he said, well, I think we can fit you in. So, uh, but again, it's another one of those things. This is about as good as it's going to get. And I'm going to make it work. Because I only have so many days to hunt. I don't know how many that is. But I'm not going to sit at home on the couch and watch football. I'm not going to complain. It's not going to be an excuse. And I'm going hunting. Did you ever go through like a big self-pity phase, even oh, yeah. if you, like back in the liver issue when you first? Oh started? yeah, that, that, the worst thing I think of sitting on a couch for three months is you mentally go through these "why me," you know. Uh, but you just you got to get through that. And you know, if there's one thing about going to a, a very high-end medical place like the Mayo Clinic, you sit around in the hepatology center and, and you realize how lucky you are. I'm, I'm upright, I'm breathing, I'm not connected to a machine. And so the, the self-pity goes away when you, when you go there and, and you look around the world in your daily life, you see somebody who's missing a leg, you see somebody who's, you know, dying, fighting a hell of a battle with cancer and they don't make it, it's like, ah, no, no pity here, man. It's nothing but straight ahead. So, yeah, I went through that, no doubt, but you just keep thinking about what do I want to do? What can I do? Yeah. And you get through it. Yeah, I think it's awesome because a lot of times Mountain Tough spends time talking, researching, and studying mental toughness. And most people, when they hear that, they think of mental toughness thinking of a hard workout or a hard sporting event. When you think of mental toughness, you think of the military selection or an MMA fight. But it really the root of like the greatness of mental toughness is someone who is a, someone who is extremely mentally tough. They don't they're not proving that in a workout or in a physical situation. They're proving that in essentially nothing in life can really bring them down. No matter how things how hard things get or how big the crisis is that hits, they're not going to let that bring them down and they're going to lean on those tools in their toolbox to to plow their way out of that and so it like it applies to hunting but it also applies to life and and remy you've talked about some of that this year related to like your mentality and overcoming your wrist injury is is a mindset and it's the mindset of adapting overcoming and essentially you're going to a solution-based mindset rather than a negative-based mindset, and you're going there right away. But how that same mindset that you used for the wrist, I have a strong assumption that that is how you hunt as well in the mountains. Like, how is that mindset like crossing over to other areas of your life, including mountain hunting? Yeah, I think that... Um that mindset, especially when you're on a mountain hunt, I, I kind of like, it's my philosophy is just like you embrace the suck, the, like the worst parts of it or the parts that you like really hype yourself up on. Anybody that's been on a sheep hunt, I've I've now been on, um, <clears throat> well, uh, for Thinhorn Rams, I think I've hunted close to 30 days of like backpack hunting and not seen a legal ram. And like I've had every kind of weather, every kind of thing, and it's like, Man, every day you get out and the like soaking wet, and you just your mind wants to go there, and you're just like, nope, this is the best part of it. Yeah, bring on that wind, <laughs> you know. Like it's just like you gotta really 
um, kind of hype yourself up on the parts that suck of like, this is why I'm here. Uh, and, and it's a hard thing to do sometimes because, uh, yeah, you're faced with all the, like, oh, I got to now put on a 70 pound pack and walk over another mountain range. It's like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, with like, it's a, a I, in some ways, like a way of tricking myself of being like, this is awesome. <laughs> like the worst part about this is what makes it awesome. Um, and I think like for sheep, sheep hunters know that because I don't know, there's a, like every sheep hunt, I, like the last sheep hunt I went on, you, in the middle of it, you're like, people just do not understand. Like they would never understand this. Like mm-hmm. uh, the last sheep hunt I went on was probably one of the hardest sheep hunts I've been on. <clears throat> and you're in it and you're like, I think the average person would have died or like just like what like you just don't and I'm the type of person I'm like we were very adamant about like we just I was with guys that had the same mindset and it's almost like uh, you know when you're with somebody that like everybody's pushing each other so you're like I was now the old guy in the crew I used to be the guy that was like the packer on the trip and the always the youngest and the guy and like always whatever now I was the older guy on, and I was like I gotta they're like, yeah, we're good. And I'm like, I'm good. You know, they're, they're thinking if he's good, I got to be good. And I'm like, I can't let these guys be good and me not be good. Right? Like I've done this a thousand times, um, you know, and so we just like kept pushing and pushing and pushing and we covered an entire, the entire unit essentially um, and uh, covered a lot of miles. We did, um, you know, I think close to 50,000 vertical feet and in it was pouring rain and all that stuff. It was just a, it was a slog and you're like while you're on it you're like I would never do this again but you know in your head you're like I would I want to do this again Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you kind of trick yourself of like those are the parts that you want to love about it Um, and you know backcountry hunting you kind of have to lean on yourself and you can always do a lot more than you think so you you kind of I don't know in some ways develop tricks to trick yourself into pushing harder and loving it yeah yeah and you're also a successful entrepreneur. Do you find like those same characteristics showing up in the business side of your life too? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, with every new challenge, you kind of also have to, to trick yourself into loving it, right? <laughs> I think it's one of those things where, you know, you start a, some other business or another thing and it takes time and it takes, you know, energy and you like I'm getting less sleep but I'm sacrificing sleep for family time and then work time and and you're like okay well the the parts that are hard are the parts that I'm uh, you know you kind of learn to enjoy Mm -hmm. Randy same question for you that that mindset of just like plowing through health issues plowing through injuries and chasing your dreams are you applying that same mindset to when you're hunting oh yeah uh, absolutely. I do a lot of elk hunting and sometimes it's easy, but most days it's not easy on public land. You know, it's just it's pretty competitive and, it, and it's difficult. And, you know, everyone said, boy, I'd like to have Remy's or Randy's job. That Boy, what a life that would be. Well, I will tell you, after about day 75 in a tent and you know that your next hunt, you're going to go sleep at 9,000 feet in the Madison Range in Montana in late November without a heated tent, you start asking yourself, who thought this was a good idea? But you realize how lucky, at least for me, it's just trying to put myself in that mindset of I am so lucky to be here today living in this country where I can go and do this. I'm not going to sit at home. And it, it is that mental mindset that has applied to all my business endeavors. 
uh, you know, when my liver thing flared up, the Mayo said, you're not going to be a CPA like you have been. You, you cannot work those taxis and hours. I thought they didn't know what they were talking about. So for five years, I tried to maintain that CPA schedule. And after every extension or deadline, I would end up in the ER. And finally, I'm like, well, this is not, you know, I, I believe them now, you know, after about four or five years. And so I had to reform who my identity was and what I was going to be. Okay, I'm going to slow down. My income is going to go down to about 25% of what it was. What am I going to do with my life? I'm 42, 43 years old. And I had to sit down and say, what are my priorities in life? And obviously my family and my friends and stuff like that. But with the gift of time and health, what was I going to do with it? And that's when these platforms started because of my passion for conservation and, and hunting and, and all these things. And that mindset has helped me change my identity as a CPA to what I do today. It's helped me in every business. This is like business number four for me. But when I'm out in the field, I think if you asked anyone who's with me or my camera crew, they'd be like, the guy, he, he goes at his own pace, but he doesn't stop. He doesn't quit. I wake up every day, I'm optimistic. And I have, I've built these mental triggers for me. When I put my pack on and it feels heavy, some people be like, well, I got to take some stuff out of there. I'm the optimist that I'm killing an elk that day. That's why I need these game bags. That's why I need the, I need everything that's in this pack because I'm killing something today. And when I see the guy leave the trailhead with just a fanny pack, I'm like, he doesn't even plan on killing anything today. Why is he even going out? And so I've had to develop mental kind of little touch points in my daily life that cause me to think in that mindset that every day is going to be success. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, it usually doesn't work out that way. But, you know, Mark Twain said, pessimists are seldom disappointed. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to be a pessimist. So I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist, and I have these little triggers in my daily life that remind me how lucky I am and that I should be optimistic. And that mindset is, I'm sure, what gets us through a long hunting season. That's really cool because one of the great mental toughness tools that's been written about a lot is that concept of no plan B and they call it burn the ships and like burn the ships is like a well-documented tactic that is extremely helpful for all areas of life including hunting and entrepreneurship but it is like the psychological impact of just taking a negotiation off the table in your brain there is a lot of peace in that because then you don't have to have that internal battle with yourself whether you're going to do something or not if that 99% of the time if we're negotiating already in our own head we can't out negotiate ourselves so we're going to lose so they use that example all the time of like if you're making a fitness commitment and that commitment it's really common that that fitness commitment is I'm going to start working out each morning at 6 a.m. if that alarm goes off at 5:30 and you start negotiating it's game over you already lost and so you have to you have to burn the ships and you have to have no plan b because we can't out negotiate our our own mind yeah 
Are you are you applying that in all areas of your life, Remy? And especially like when you hunt and in, in entrepreneurship, mostly is it the burn the ships mentality? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I knew that I wanted to hunt for a living. And I didn't know how to do that, so I just was like, okay, I'm loading up my truck and <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> like, I didn't have a plan B. Um, and, uh, and by doing that, I figured it out. Um, but I think if I had a plan B, I would have never figured it out. And the same thing on kind of everything that I do is like, this is what I'm doing, and that's what I'm going to do. And I, I don't really... I'm not a, a backup planner. I'm just a, a forward plower. <laughs> so that's... I guess the kind of the way that I do a little, a little, pretty much everything. What do you typically tell someone who is struggling to kind of chase their dreams, or struggling to start shooting their rifle more, or shooting their bow more? They're kind of struggling with that complacency. <clears throat> yeah, I think. Um, well, I don't know. There's like you know, if somebody wants to be better at something, I think like. Sometimes people take the approach of, I get this question a lot, and it's probably a question that pisses me off more than anything. What's the easiest way to do what you do? What's the easiest way to be a better shot? What's the easiest way to do a backcountry hunt? What's the easiest way to kill a sheep? Like, if you're looking for the easiest way, you should. the question should be, how do I become a better shot? And it's like, well, it's not an easy, it might be an easy way, it might be a hard way, mm-hmm. but you got to go the best way. Like one of my personal models is go the best way, not the easy way. Sometimes the best way is the easy way. That's, you know, but most of the time, if you base every decision off of the best way. So if it's like you struggle with like target panic, well, the best way would be like to learn to reshoot a different way. And that's very difficult to do. You shoot with a different kind of release. You shoot with a different style. You shoot whatever, um, you know, you, you change things up and you, you just go whatever it is, whether it's a hunting decision of I see an elk up there, how do I kill that elk? And it's like, oh, I could go this way, which would be easy, but the wind's not great. Or I can drop down and go around the mountain and have a really good stock, but it's mm-hmm. very difficult. I always go the best way over the easy way. Sometimes those two things line up. Very rarely does that ever happen. <laughs> but it's like I choose the best way, not the easy way. And then do you find like some of the hardest things you've ever done in your life or some of the best things? Definitely, yeah. I think that anything that's got a little bit of struggle in it, those are the, you know, the stories that you remember. I mean, I've been very fortunate to go on, um, I mean, I don't even know, thou- I guess pretty, pretty much thousands of hunts. Um, I've professionally guided for, I guess it'd be 20, 20-something years now. Um, a lot of that was year-round guiding Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere. I mean, just thousands of hunts. And um, I don't remember a lot of them, unfortunately. Like, when I was younger, I thought there's no way I would forget. And I was like, at the show today, I had three, I was like, remember, you took me on my first tar hunt. And I was like, <laughs> do not remember it. Not that I, but like, but like, there are hunts where it was like, remember when we got stuck in that tent and you almost fell off that cliff? And I'm like, I remember that. <laughs> like, those are like the ones that really sucked. I really, you know, like, you can't forget them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, in a way, like, some of them, you know, it, you, you just kind of, you're going through the motions and, oh, that was an easy elk hunt. We got them on the first day or whatever. But the ones where you're like, dude, I mean, you remember when you, you and your brother had packed out that elk and that nasty snow? I'm like, I remember that, of course. Like, because those are those are the things that 
you know, they, they mean a little bit more. You, you put in that struggle, you put in that time, so there's just a little bit more value to it. Yeah, it's so accurate. Randy, how about you? What are you, what are you telling folks that are having a hard time fighting, like being passive, being complacent, kind of maintaining like a mediocre life? Yeah. It's, again, and these are just the mechanisms I've had to develop over time. And I think if anyone hasn't read it, have you read the Burn the Ships book? I have not. Oh, so if you aren't uh, familiar with it, it's about uh, a Spanish explorer. They landed on the coast of Mexico in the 1600s, and he knew there was going to be a conflict, and he thought that his, his soldiers were going to get weak. So he ordered them to burn the ship so there was no way to go back to Spain. Mm. And that would clear their mind of, hey, we got a plan B. So that's where the term burn the ships comes from. And uh, I read that when I was in high school. I can't remember who it was in anything, but I, there, there's things in life where you realize burn the ships is good. Uh, but there's also things in life for me where I've learned that I'm not going to solve every problem today. If I can just move the ball one yard down the field today, maybe that's all I'm going to get to do. Some days maybe I get a first down, you know, I get it 10 yards. I, I got to keep my eye on what do I want to accomplish. And I, it, back up about you said negotiating with yourself. If you have the focus that this is what I got to do today, you don't negotiate with yourself. And you set these goals to get to where you want to go because if you haven't defined where you want to go, you don't know where you're going. And for me, it's like, all right, you're feeling like you're kind of floundering, you're kind of, you know, struggling with where am I going? Well, say where you want to go, first of all. You know, if you're going elk hunting and you just say, I'm going to walk around the woods today, you're probably not going to get to where the elk are. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I, in my CPA life, you know, I've helped a lot of business people with those same things. And it's like, all right, what, what is our real focus? Where, where are we trying to get? And that just applies to, to my life. My, if my wife was sitting here, she'd say, look, he's different than a lot of people. He's like this really disciplined guy. He, and I don't think I am different than any other people. I, I think we all go through those challenges. And in hunting, we're going to see them. Mm -hmm. right? there, I, I can't tell you how many days I get up and my liver's not feeling good or just it's bad hunting conditions, right? It's warm in September, the elk aren't bugling, it's a full moon, it's hot, and you got to hike, you know, 2,000 vertical feet. You're like, why am I even doing this? Well, you're doing it because you know that's what it's going to take. Back to Remy's point, it's not the easiest way. It's what's, what's the way to get it done. And... Uh, you know, I, I try to do that by example, hopefully, uh, and I, I just, it's just how I'm wired, I guess. Maybe, maybe I'm blessed to have a, a pretty simple mind where I, I got to make it simple, and uh, sometimes simple is way more effective. Mm -hmm. And you have, for a long time, I don't know the exact years, but the, around like the last 20 years, you've, you've hunted hard. And that being out in the woods all the time, hiking, hunting, hiking with heavy packs, and you have been doing a lot of additional hiking in the summer to prepare for that. 
but this year you decided for the first time in a while to do a lot of additional training mm -hmm. so that you performed better this upcoming season and you have a big hunt coming up as well right. but what were some of the, what were some of the characteristics around you like kind of finally making that decision to, yeah. to start uh, training? <laughs> well, uh, going on some easier hunts and feeling like crap was a pretty, <laughs> pretty easy wake-up call, man. Uh, I've, I've probably always lived my life in a little bit of denial. I think anyone who's gotten older, you still think you're 30. You know, I saw a sign one time where it says, and it was a picture of a very aged woman, and it said, this woman still thinks she's the prom queen. And the point of that is, is father time or whatever you want to call it takes a hold of us. And inside us, we're way more young and enthusiastic and optimistic than probably what our body is. Oh, for sure. Uh, and so I went, I've been going through that over the last few years and I've been in this denial phase that I'm getting older. But I need to make this as a, I, I came to this realization that you get out of something what you put into it. And I am now at the point where I have to invest in my health and my hunting if I want to get out of it what I think I deserve. No one's going to do that for me. There's no easy route. There are no shortcuts. There are no plan Bs. This is what I have to do. And if I'm going to hunt till I'm 80 or however long I live, and I'm going to hunt 100 days a year like I try to do, I have to make that investment at this point in my life. And I wish I would have started making that investment when I was 35. But hiking, I felt, was good enough for me. But it's, it's not, right? Everyone here has come to a realization of something in their life of, oh, I might need to change my ways a little bit. And for me, once I came to that realization, it was, okay, let's be realistic. I travel so much. What am I going to do? Because if you, I, one, I, I'm never going to be a gym rat. I, I've never had a gym membership. I'm never going to go do that. So what are things that help me do this as part of my daily life? Because if I can incorporate it in my daily life, it's going to get done. And that's where, you know, what you guys do makes that possible for me. And you're three or four weeks in now. How has it felt to get started? You lied. He said <laughs> it was going to get better every day. I, I finished week three of the foundation workout yeah. yesterday. Oh, man. I got up this morning. <laughs> I'm like, Dustin lied, man. I don't believe a word he said. It's basically like those free beer tomorrow posters in the bar. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just going to keep telling you you're going to feel better. Yeah. But, no, I, 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 the one thing I have noticed is it, it requires another 50 minutes of my day to do this. So I am way, just, and I've always been pretty structured and disciplined. I've got my to-do list and my priority list, but I'm crossing some of those things off by nine o'clock every morning. I, I now realize, hey, I gotta be a little more organized in my daily time. I can't just like, yeah, I'll get to it. I can't sit around and BS at the coffee shop or whatever. And it's kind of helped me get more out of every day just because now I have committed to this thing that I'm going to do and it's an investment and it's going to pay dividends but it's high enough up my priority list that I got to work on those other priorities more focused and more disciplined and I think that's helpful also. That's awesome. 
Remy, how are you? How are you gauging like your fitness levels these days? Gauging like if you're ready, if you're feeling prepared or not to go into like a big hunt or a big season. Yeah, I think um, you know for for a long time I was like. I had a backpack on, essentially. Like, my biggest, like, when I was single and doing this every day, it was, like, 323 days. It was my most days in the field hunting in a single year. When I did that, it was just every day, right? But then now with kids and, and that, there's, like, more family time, more downtime, and I actually found myself probably in the worst shape of my life only because I wasn't, like, I was just used to... Like when you're going from a large number of days backpacking and hunting and all that stuff to maybe half or less, um, I was like, but when I'm on it, like a, in the field, like I am the one that crushes snacks. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> still continuing to crush the food and not doing the work, right? And I just kind of was like probably in the worst, I would say the worst shape. You know, I had the foundation of like doing it my entire life. So it was, I would still snap back and be like, okay, whatever. But I felt like I was like, getting slower and whatever um you know so now it's like okay we'll have to i had to make that switch in my mind doing something different um that the way that i just always did things didn't work um you know like and so you know i think kind of like getting through that and then being like okay now now it's like you know this this past year i had two sheep hunts uh, that i went on uh guided hunts and then whatever and i felt like all right, I'm back to as good or as better as I've ever been. Um, you know, so like being able to maintain what I was doing every single day by being out in the field and then kind of maintaining that now. So when I go out, it's just like I was, hmm. you know, and that's huge for me. And then, you know, there, there's another kind of thing too where um, I think sometimes you get, you almost get complacent in the way that you, you do things a little bit. Um, so just like kind of pushing myself harder in other avenues. You know, uh, for the most part, my entire life I was focused on hunting, and I never did anything else. And then, like in a recent, more recent history, I said I was like, I'm going to try something new, and I got into skiing, right? And I was actually, I'm fairly coordinated. I've been on a mountain my whole life, like I'm kind of naturally athletic. And so it was like first day skiing. It was like my friends show me how to ski, and I'm going like on the blue squares, and then a, a you know, whatever. And I'm like, cool. And then I started skiing. I'm like, I'm skiing, and my gauge of success was like I didn't fall and so I would go skiing with this like mindset of like I didn't fall but I also wasn't going down really sketchy runs and I was like oh I felt like I was a good skier but I never pushed myself yeah to be better and I'm like if I'm not falling then I'm actually not getting any better I was like okay now if I want to get better I have to go like something where see what I, I need to start falling. <laughs> like, I need to do runs where I'm going to fall. <laughs> like, I'm going to wipe out pretty hard and, because that's the only way that I would actually get better at it, you know? And so now in kind of like the off time or whatever, it's like, okay, well, that might have been good enough before I'm, I'm maintaining, but, like, where's that point of, like, dude, I can't go any, like, let's start falling a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, at Mountain Tough all the time, we tell folks that one of the greatest things they could do for like 2024 is to to sign up for something that looks kind of impossible to them and there's so much else going on behind the scenes related to that so if someone signs up for a marathon and they've never ran one before and that just seems slightly outside of their comfort zone like 
doable, but there's a chance they'll fail. And the same principle has to apply to each person. It has to be slightly harder than you think you're really capable of right now. So someone who is extremely fit, they might sign up for a 100-miler. Someone who is more of a beginner, like the 10K could do the same thing, but it's something extremely challenging that there's a good chance that you're going to fail at. And if you do fail, that's fine, but you're going to learn a lot about yourself in that moment. But if you're not pushing that hard, you're not going to reach those milestones of really learning about yourself. But it also is like, it's the journey, that's it's the process that's so special in those moments. So they call it the Spartan effect where if you are, it's especially productive in someone who's struggling starting a fitness journey. So if someone's struggling starting a fitness journey and they just can't get that motivation or discipline to start working out, if they open up their computer and they register for like a Spartan race six months from now, that discipline and that motivation to start training shows up right away. Like, so they, they quit missing workouts or missing gym sessions. They start making them all. And then what happens is like they're, they're training every day for six months for that Spartan event. But it's those daily training sessions, that, that process that's almost like greater than the product itself. And so like, like race day isn't as big of a deal as the six months of training leading up to that. But they wouldn't have had that without putting that really challenging event in front of them. That's kind of what happened to you, Randy, a little bit with, with the McKenzie hunt coming up. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my four dream hunts. I've, I've accomplished three of them. My last one is to hunt the McKenzie Mountains of the Northwest Territory, and I'll be able to do that in kind of my 60th birthday present. But I want to make sure I get the most out of it. And uh, so that's kind of this marker out there in August. And uh, the days when my alarm went off, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to get up and do this mountain tough thing at 6 o'clock in the morning. I just want to lay here for another 15 minutes. I just think about when I'm on the top of the mountain in the McKinsey's, I'm going to look back at this and say, man, the whole journey of this was fun and was rewarding. And the sheep itself, if I'm lucky enough to get one, or the hunt itself, will be one of the, we call them tent events, that caused me to do it. But it's really the whole journey along the way. Mm-hmm. And it, it just motivates me to say, all right, no more ice cream. No, gonna eat better. Gonna go and I'm gonna, I'm getting out of bed and I'm going to do this at six o'clock in the morning. And it, it just makes it way easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know when I was 39 if I would have had the mental strength to make myself do some of that. Now that I'm 59, I, I don't know, some of you who might be my age, you probably are thinking back of, man, if I would have had the mental toughness and fortitude in my 30s that I've developed in my 50s, I would have, I would have filled every elk tag. But you, you, you wipe out enough over the course, right? Using Remy's analogy of skiing, you've, you've pressed yourself enough and you've wiped out enough that you've developed that mental mindset that, you know, okay, it's 12 miles in there and I'm, it might be dark when I get there, but I'm going to get there tonight. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Whereas when I was in my 30s, I'd be like, I don't know if this is worth it, man. I could be home <laughs> sleeping in a warm bed. And <laughs> so it's, it's helped a lot for this. This event coming up, you know, this hunt coming this year has really helped me be another one of those markers along the way that's going to help measure my commitment to it. Yeah, you start thinking about there's only so many of these hunts left, mm -hmm. so you don't want to waste waste an hour or a minute like you did when you were younger. Yeah. yeah. You should share how you how you built a system to save for that hunt, for yeah. the McKenzie hunt. Yeah, we did a video on this, and uh, I grew up in a little logging town in northern Minnesota. Uh, my parents divorced when I was 10, and my dad moved away, and so money wasn't a big... Uh, a point of abundance at our house. So the only way I got to read outdoor magazines was in my high school library, and I remember I was like 14, and I'm reading this article about the Cassiars, and the guy wrote about mountain caribou in the British Columbia Cassiar Mountains, and that became my dream in my life. Uh, I did the American thing, right? Married, kid, you know, trying to build a business, pay off a mortgage, and for my 30th birthday, I kind of had... I know they serve as markers, I guess, is all birthdays are good for, a cake and a, and a reflection time. And I started thinking about what are these dreams I really had about hunting? And there were four of them. It was the Wrangells in Alaska, the Cassiars in British Columbia, the Yukon, and then the McKenzie's. And I didn't have any money. I, you know, I just started my CPA firm. And uh, I'm like, well... I don't know if I'll live long enough to save enough money, but here's what I'm gonna do. My wife and I sat down, and in 1994, $200 a month at my house was like a lot of money. And so for 25 years, I put $200 a month away. And when I got to be 55, my wife says, are you going to spend that money or am I going to spend that money? <laughs> because I, I worked so hard to, to build up this pool of money that I almost had this weird attachment, like this safety net feeling to it. And uh, she's like, you know, we've made a lot of sacrifices to do this and it's your dream. Are you going to go live your dreams or what are you going to do? And so in 2018, I did the Wrangles. 2019, I did the Cassiars. Last year, I did the Yukon. And this year, I'm doing the, the McKenzie's. And it's not like I just woke up and I had the money to do it. Uh, even, and then the reason I did the video, the reason I hesitated doing the video is I know a lot of people without understanding the con context of what Remy and I do and how many years it takes to get to where we're at, there's the, oh, must be nice. Uh, and I get that. I, I fully understand why people say that. But I also wanted people to, to know that if they had the dreams like I did when I was 30, whatever dream that is in life, it doesn't have to be hunting, it could be anything. If you sit down and you build a plan, you can probably do it if you get the blessing of the health to get there. And so we released the video about a month ago, and it was nothing but great comments. I, I was so relieved because I thought I was going to get fried. Like, well, yeah, you're a CPA, you make da-da-da. And, uh, but I wanted to share with people kind of a little bit of my background of how this almost seemed impossible to me at age 30. Uh, but... 
every year it was a little step closer, okay? I might have been, uh, you know, I fumbled the kickoff and I started at the two-yard line, but I, I will end up scoring a touchdown, not because... Yeah. I wished or I complained or I criticized someone else because they had done that. I sat down and said, this, this is the only way I know how to do it. And so it worked out. That's so going to be amazing. Yeah. And I mean, it's really counter to the instant gratification culture that, you know, gets worse every year. Yeah. But that is, you know, the opposite of instant gratification. So yeah. the, the satisfaction of it is going to be huge. Yeah, my wife would say, not many people are going to save for something for 25 years. <laughs> maybe they won't in today's world, and maybe they only got to save for five years, but it was the only path for me to do it, and so that's what I did. That's awesome. Remy, I had a question for you. I know you're an extremely mentally tough dude, and I think a lot of that comes from just how how much you've been out in those, that accumulation of all those experiences in addition to your mindset. But, but hard experiences make us more mentally tough. And so the more hard experiences we have, the stronger that mindset can become. But I also know you have a, a growing family. So I was really curious, have you thought much around like how you're gonna teach some of these attributes and, and pass some of these attributes down? Yeah, I think like uh, you know, with our our kids, um, we just kind of take them along doing what we do, and I think it's kind of like a natural thing that uh, they get involved with it. Like um, you know, our daughter is like we we go back and forth between Nevada and Montana pretty regularly, and it's a for a kid that could be a long drive or whatever, and we do it a lot. Um, and you know, like from a very early age, is like we take long road trips, we go. We travel a lot. And then, like, you know, we've been on multiple hunts with my daughter in the backpack and now my son and daughter in the backpack. You know, and it's like, and they just kind of know, like, this is what we do. And I think that, like, it's just kind of immersing them in that. And then they'll, I, I think, you know, kind of pick it up along the way. That's awesome. And uh, has that been going pretty well for you? Yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's the most successful way to hunt, but it's definitely enjoyable. Like, uh, this last year, um, you know, I think like we, we got, my wife uh, had an elk tag in Montana and she wanted to get one with her bow and, um, so, but we had both the kids with us. So it was like, we, you kind, we kind of changed the style of hunting and it's like, I've got a picture of her stalking. I've got the spotting scope set out. I've got each kid in a backpack. <laughs> I've got like games and things out. And I'm like, video, like I didn't even know my wife was like, you know, I'm like, I put the camera there just so I could see if something happened and uh, put it on the, the mag view through the spotting scope. And I'm like, you know, reading books and we're like, and she's stalking and she's like, she felt like she got better at hunting because normally I would be like in there with her and, and she got to go do her thing. And, and then um, wasn't successful. Ended up not until uh, my grand, uh, the kids' grandparents, my parents were able to watch the kids for a day that we went out and she <laughs> killed one. Like, it was just so much easier. Right? Like, if we can do it that way, then when you do it another way, it just seems 10 times easier. Yeah, just adapting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I do want to stop there because we did want to save about 15 minutes here for Q&A for any questions that anyone has. 
for myself, Randy, or Remy. Before we open up to the first Q&A, it is really interesting to me, and I think it's important to talk about like the title of this seminar at Sheep Show is Mountain Fitness, and we haven't really talked a lot about fitness, and that was on purpose and by design for this year, because like I can I could be up here and talk a lot about like cardiovascular health and muscular endurance and uh, training progressions, and and we have done that before at Sheep Show, but I think that. That stuff is really not as important as these mental tools that you need in your toolbox. Because if you, if you don't have those tools and you're not working, working on these mental tools, then that fitness journey, in my experience, doesn't start for a lot of people. So I think focusing on these tools of you know no plan B, burning the ships, don't negotiate with yourself, setting a plan and executing on that plan without those steps in place then you know talking about like an eight-week training progression can be a waste of time and so really wanted to focus more on like like what your mindset is right now because getting your mindset dialed in is definitely the key to your mountain fitness being more dialed in and so that was by design for this year just a little bit different take on things Well, I hope you guys really enjoyed that podcast. I know mental toughness, fitness, and Western big game hunting go hand in hand. Uh, before we sign off, I really wanted to talk about another company that I get to work with. When we talk about training for hunt, I really think that the fitness portion is always that thing that you see. But the behind the scenes stuff is the nutrition and feeling your body to kind of maximize that prep work. It really is just as important. I mean, ever since the Wilderness Athletes been around, I've been using their stuff and I've really loved the way that it's made me perform, also the way that it makes me feel. They also have, we've talked about Hydrate and Recover, Energy and Focus, all of my favorites, but they also have some great supplements as well that help you reach your goals. One of the ones that I use nearly every day is their meal replacement. I just make it part of my routine. I, I get up, I have a shake, I work out on those days that I'm not in the field. I actually take it in the field a lot with me as a, a calorie booster, a breakfast, because I can just mix it in with some water and it's super lightweight. But in the off season, I use it pretty much every day. And I like the way, not only does it just make me feel good, but I feel like I perform better when I am kind of focused in on that fitness goal, but also combining nutrition in with it as well. Uh, so if you guys are interested, you know, you can always use code live wild for a discount on pretty much all wilderness athlete products. Or you can find we've got some Live Wild bundle packages on their website for even better discount. Uh, if you guys are interested in that, make sure to go check it out, uh, Wilderness Athlete's website. And uh, yeah, I think that I think that if you kind of go full in with this mental toughness, fitness, and nutrition in the off season, when you get the opportunity to get in the field, go hunting, you're going to make the most out of the tactics and your time there. Uh, I think that it's just like it's one of those things like. I say it all the time. You got to have the engine to be able to stay persistent. And if you can keep going out, be persistent, you're going to find that success. So until next week, I think I'm just going to end it with think strong, you know, kind of a play on. And we should, maybe someone should make some like silicone bracelets. Think strong. That's a good one. 
I don't know. I might think about that. All right, catch you guys later.